Welcome to the Weight Loss for South Asian Women Professionals podcast. I'm your host, certified life and weight loss coach and physician, Dr. Amruti Chowdhury, MBBS. I lost over 92 pounds using the mind management tools I teach. In this podcast, you will learn how to lose weight for the last time by taking control of your mind. Once you deal with the mental weight, the physical weight will be much easier to release. If you're ready for a fresh new perspective on weight loss, you're in the right place. Hello everyone, welcome to podcast 11. So in the UK right now, the weather is so lovely. It is really hot right now and um, I know a lot of people complain that it's actually too hot, but I love the heat, I love the sun. So things are going um, amazingly for me. I love this weather how it is. And today's extra lovely because as I plan this podcast, I've got my baby, my five-year-old Vivan sitting with me and he's writing a story about a king who lived in a castle and the king was being kind and feeding those less fortunate and they were having supper and dessert and then they had a disco party. So when he was telling me this story, I thought that sounds like so much fun. And I think the fun thing was, was that we were both being creative together. So his creativity was writing his story and my creativity was planning this podcast for you. So what are we talking about today? So today we're talking about other people's opinions and the stigma of weight loss in the South Asian community. So, other people will have opinions. And I know it sounds basic, but when I looked at it like that, rather than as the truth, I was able to get some peace. So when I realized that, yeah, other people will have opinions and they're entitled to their own opinions, I didn't look at it as if what their opinions were were the truth for me. And previously before coaching, I would have felt really bad when someone said something to me. So people often comment about my weight and they have done for all my life. I've always, as you know, had problems with my weight. And so when I went through the process of being a yo-yo dieter all my life, I would often get comments about my weight. And often when I had put on a lot of weight or when I had lost a lot of weight, that's when I got the most comments. So kind of during my journey of losing the 42 kilograms, and when I gained a lot of weight during my pregnancies, I got a lot of comments about this. So these usually happened at weddings or big family get togethers. So I know most of you probably have someone similar, but I have this one auntie and she never commented on when I lost weight, but she always commented on when I gained weight. And in our culture, there's a lot of emphasis on food. So as you know, it's socially acceptable to overeat, to keep eating, to go back for seconds, to have so much variety at weddings or at functions. And so we often get taught that food is love. So I struggled with this thought for ages. I thought that I was showing love by eating with people and feeding people. So I realized I could equally show love in other ways. And I could show love for myself by sticking to the plan that I made and the decisions that I made the day before. But I would worry about telling people that I did intermittent fasting and that I didn't regularly eat flour and sugar. And especially in the Indian community, I often got asked, well, what do you eat then? How can you not eat rotli, bread, pasta? You're depriving yourself. What kind of life is that to live? So when I actually answered some of those questions, I was able to find my truth. 
So when they asked me, what do you eat then? I realized that I eat plenty of food that's actually fuel for my body and that I know my body loves this food and that actually this makes me feel amazing. And when I gave up flour and sugar, it felt like I was really doing a kind thing for myself as I was actually giving my body the fuel that it actually needed and in a form that it was actually able to process. So when they asked me, how can you not eat rotli bread pasta? So when I first started, this was quite tough because these foods made up the majority of my diet before I started. And honestly, when I looked at how much I could eat, it was phenomenal. So when I focused on when I wasn't eating rotli bread and pasta or anything with flour and sugar, what could I eat? When I was focusing on how much I could eat rather than all of the stuff that I couldn't eat, it was phenomenal because I realized that I could eat everything, but I just chose not to eat the things that my body struggled to process. So in essence, the, the flour and sugar. So it honestly felt like such a kind thing that I was doing for myself. So now I'm like, even if people offered it to me and said, okay, if there was a chance that you would be able to eat flour and sugar and you wouldn't put on weight, would you eat it? And I actually, I had a thought about this the, the day before. And I actually said to myself, no, I wouldn't eat flour and sugar again, even if I didn't put on weight, like on on a regular basis, I mean, because of actually how they make me feel when I do eat them. I feel tired, I feel sluggish, I feel bloated, I feel exhausted. I get way more urges and my urges are way stronger. And I felt this recently because we've had a wedding recently and I put it on my protocol that I was going to eat the flour and sugar, but I ate much more flour and sugar than than I'm used to. And not only did I put on a bit of weight, but I was basically feeling tired, sluggish, bloated, absolutely exhausted. It felt like I was drained. And instead of actually giving me energy, which is what I thought that these foods did, they actually, it felt like they were sucking out my energy. Now, I know that most of the weight that I put on was only water weight anyway, because obviously now I'm back to my goal weight again within a few days because it was mainly water weight. But that's not the point. The point for me was that I actually felt awful when I was eating them. So when I actually like owned that I'm choosing not to eat them rather than feeling like, oh my gosh, I really want to eat them, but I can't. That's when I was able to kind of stay in my power. So this ties into the next one. So when they're saying that you're depriving yourself. And initially this was a hard one because I actually initially did think I was depriving myself for a while. But then I realized that when I was on the other side and when I was overeating, I was actually depriving myself of experiencing that true human experience. I was depriving myself of actually feeling my emotions and being okay with them and knowing that they don't harm me at all. I was depriving my body of being able to deal with the food they actually wanted to eat. And when I was overeating, I was depriving myself of getting to go away and the growth that I was going to get in terms of the person I was going to become in the process of losing weight. So it's so interesting because in the South Asian community, there's so much emphasis on food and it's more or less kind of accepted to talk about needing to lose weight or laugh about going back for seconds or, you know, the the kind of YOLO, you only live once, you know, or miss it, miss out or, you know, fear of missing out, all of those kinds of things. But when someone is actually doing something about their weight and sticking to protocol, it's much more acceptable to tell them, you need to eat, 
you know, you shouldn't deprive yourselves because this is how it's been in, in our community, right? But funnily, there's also an underlying thought that most of us South Asian women have when we're overweight, and that's that we're doing something wrong and that there's something wrong with us for being overweight. We think that it's our fault and that we're weak, but this is just not true. When we want to be superwomen and kind of show the community that we're being superwomen because we have the best kids, we have the best house, we have the best husbands, we have the best job, but we're still cooking amazing meals for our children, our kids are well behaved. All of these tie in with the idea that everything needs to be perfect. People often look at my life and think, oh, you've got a perfect life. And so many people have told that to me. Now, let me tell you, I only think of it as perfect and I genuinely do think that I've got a perfect life, but it's only because I've dropped the expectation of myself to be perfect at everything. So let me tell you, <laughs> as a mum, I sometimes suck. I'm sometimes really rubbish at being a mum. And that's okay because sometimes I'm, I'm absolutely amazing at being a mum. And when I actually realize that life is 50-50, there's going to be 50% positive emotion and 50% negative emotion. So honestly, when I realize that I will suck 50% of the time and I'll be amazing 50% of the time, it makes it all okay. Like just today, it was really lovely having Vivan there working kind of next to me for a few minutes. But then when he kept asking me questions and when I was trying to plan this podcast for you, I quickly sent him out of the office because I couldn't concentrate. So I was a caring mum half of the time and I was a well in my eyes not so good mum half the time and when I know that that's the aim of being kind of okay at everything rather than being perfect at everything I'm much happier in my life and I'm much more fulfilled and you know what I have so much more brain space in my in my kind of brain to focus on achieving whatever goal that I have because I'm not using that brain space to criticize myself, judge myself, think that I'm doing something wrong, think that, you know, there's something wrong with me or that I'm weak, right? So when I realize that sometimes I don't cook freshly cooked meals for the family and the kids are having toast for the third day in a row for lunch because I'm really busy and I actually make that okay, and actually know that, yes, I do also make really nutritious meals and feed my family these as well. Then I'm kind of accepting both sides of my reality and I'm not making it mean anything bad about me. So when we change the thoughts that we've adopted from society growing up, that we need to be perfect in all of these things, it really helps to question them and be like, but really, does this really serve me and help me in my life right now? Or is it putting so much added pressure, which then makes me feel a lot of negative emotion when I'm judging myself and criticizing myself, which then makes me want to overeat to make it better? When losing weight permanently, it will be really necessary to question some of these beliefs, some of these preconceived ideas about what we should be doing as women, as partners, as mothers, as daughters, right? If our primary goal was actually to ensure that our own cups were filled up first by managing our minds or being kind to ourselves, by cutting ourselves some slack and owning that we are amazing 50% of the time and rubbish 50% of the time and that 
being okay, then that will enable us to serve the other people in our lives to a much better degree. So most of us don't take time for self-care or to do something for ourselves because we think it's selfish. And honestly, I want to offer you the thought that it's selfish when you don't give yourself that time, space and that mental energy to focus on yourself so that you can function much better in the other roles of your life. So I'll give you an example. So I deal with this with my clients a lot. And a lot of them say, oh, I don't have the time to do a thought download or I don't have the time to plan my food. And they think that when they are choosing to do these things for themselves, that that makes them selfish. That actually they're already strapped for time with regards to spending that time with their children or with their partners or on their jobs. So they're like, well, I don't have the time for this. And in essence, what they're doing is they create the result of not making time for it. But they don't realize that when they're not doing this, they're spending so much time in their lives judging themselves for being overweight, criticizing themselves for not sticking to their time schedule, kind of beating themselves up for not spending that time with their children and shouting at them the majority of the time. So actually, when they do take that time out for themselves, that's when they realize that they are so much better in all the other areas of their life. I know that this happens for me because when I take the time out to do my morning routine, which is my self-care routine. So I wake up at five in the morning and I do my thought download, have my coffee in peace. I do a bit of exercise. I do a bit of meditation and then I go and have my shower so that I am actually ready for my children Now, most people say, oh, well, I can't do anything like that. I really don't have the time for it. But I never had the time for it when I started either. And what I did is I started introducing one little thing at a time. So I said to myself, yes, I'm going to wake up early and I'm going to do my thought download, for example. And then I made time for that and I made that habit. And then when I wanted to kind of add in other things, then I woke up and I did a little bit of exercise. And let me just be clear. The reason I'm doing exercise is not for weight loss at all. Exercise consists of only 5% of weight loss. 95% is mindset and nutrition, which is why in my program, we don't deal with exercise at all. We only deal with mindset and nutrition because this makes up the bulk of weight loss. I do exercise because it makes me feel amazing. It really helps to maintain my emotional health and my physical health. And so this is the reason why I do it every day. And so When I noticed that I didn't do my exercise, I realized that I was a little bit more snappy with my children and I was a bit kind of annoyed at myself for not making that time for myself. And so when I wasn't filling my own cup, I wasn't able to show up in the other areas of my life in my greatest ability, right? So as I said before, most of us don't make time for self-care because when we think that we're doing something for ourselves, we think that that's selfish. But actually, I wanted to offer you that actually it's selfish when you don't give time for yourselves, when you don't make that space and give that mental energy to focus on yourself because you can be so much more productive in all other areas of your life in the places that you do want to kind of show up well in When you are focusing on yourselves, you can show up much better. So another thing is that society may say that you need to be perfect in all areas. You get to choose if that's still something that you want to believe. You get to choose if you want to believe that your imperfections make you perfect. 
I genuinely look at that now for me. I'm clumsy, I'm a little bit messy, I will often drop things all the time and you know things like that. And initially I used to think like what is wrong with me? Why am I always dropping things? Why am I always kind of walking into things? And it used to kind of really annoy me, something that I used to really beat myself about, beat myself up about. But now I'm like I actually laugh about it and I actually just think okay, whenever I'm cooking something if I haven't dropped something or if I haven't made a mess then that's like a bonus. And when I have done it then I'm like okay, there's my clumsy thing done for the day and I actually laugh about it. My kids as well, they know now that mummy is clumsy and she will drop things and that is okay. So what we're learning how to do is actually embrace our imperfections. We're learning how to laugh about them. We're learning how to kind of look at them as you know things that make us us and actually without them we wouldn't be that i like to think that my ditziness and my like slight geekiness makes me me my the fact that i'm so clumsy makes me me and actually this allows me to embrace my imperfections and be like this is why they make me perfect Now I don't say that in an arrogant way I say that in a way of self-love that when I think that the things that I didn't like about me that, that actually they're meant to be there for me that's when I can embrace me for me right so I I urge you to look at this as well I urge you to question some of the thoughts that have been passed down in our society some of the thoughts that you think are complete facts and just see are they actually serving you right now do they really help you right now to believe them or do you want to start questioning them because every thought that we think is just a sentence in our brain we get to choose whether we want to believe it or not remember we have 60,000 thoughts a day and we're already good at dismissing so many of these thoughts because we don't act on all of these 60,000 thoughts that we have a lot of them are subconscious thoughts but sometimes we choose to kind of act on the ones that are actually not useful for us so look at the thoughts that you are acting on look at the results that you are creating in your life do you want to change these and actually if you do want to lose weight for the last time it will be necessary for you to look at some of these things and actually question them and see if they're actually helping you in achieving this goal And on that note, if you'd like any further support, go and download the free 8-step guide to weight loss on my website. So the website is www.amruticoaching.com and just to let you know it's amazing and it will kickstart your weight loss journey. And so there's 8 steps in there, but even if you start off with one step and make that a habit and then move on to the next steps and make them a habit, there is no chance that you won't be losing weight. So, go and get that free 8-step weight loss guide on my website and start with putting it into practice. So, just to let you know, I've got the last few one-to-one coaching spots available, only a few spots left at the moment. And as you know, my group is starting in September. It's going to be amazing. So, I'm going to be opening up enrollment next month. So, look out for that. Big things are happening. So, watch this space. Okay, my lovely ladies, I will see you again next week. Take care. Bye. For more free resources, 
And for information on how to work with me, visit www.amruticoaching.com.